Let's begin now. Welcome into After Hours. I am Rob Brenton, filling in for Dusty Likens, taking you up to 7 o'clock when K-State Hoops pregame takes over. Wyatt and the boys get you ready for Kansas State and Oklahoma. K-State coming off a bad, bad loss over the weekend. I'm going to call it bad for a fourth time, only because I'm jaded because I bet on the Cats because they headed to Lubbock and embarrassed me. I digress. Plenty of time to talk K-State here in about an hour as they take on the Oklahoma Sooners. I am Rob Brennan. You can catch me on the drive from 2 to 6 every weekday, filling in for Dusty Likens today on After Hours up until 7 o'clock. All right. Lots to get into on the show tonight. It should be a fun hour. Obviously, we'll leave with the biggest story in the nation. The biggest story in the city. Maybe the biggest story in the history of sports. Pitchers and catchers. I'm kidding. Relax. I don't even know that's even happened. I think it has. I've seen some tweets. I've seen some notes. I've seen some sound trickle in. I do think pitchers and catchers are reported, but that is not the biggest story in Kansas City. That is not the biggest story in the nation. That is far from a big story at all as Two days ago, 48 hours ago, basically to the minute, Super Bowl 57 took place in Phoenix. And if you haven't heard, turn your radio up. Breaking news, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles to win Super Bowl 57. And speaking of news that I assume you know, but I'll call it breaking if you didn't, there is a parade tomorrow to celebrate, to crown an achievement like none other. The Kansas City Chiefs have won a second Super Bowl. Now, our audience at the show tonight is a quick retrospective of what I said in the show last week and what I said in the show with Dusty Likens when I hosted the extended pregame show on Sunday. Because I made the comparison that Patrick Holmes is special. Patrick Holmes is different. I know I'm not breaking new ground with that earth-shattering take. But he's special. He's different. He's one of a kind. And I gave all the examples. You know, he'd been to five AFC Championship games. He's played in two Super Bowls, et cetera, et cetera. Do you want me to give the full resume? I can. But if there's any town in the world that knows his greatness, it's this one. I spent all week telling people how special he was. I told friends, family, neighbors. I told everyone that would listen, hey, don't take this for granted because – People don't understand. It's special. I said last week that I think the Eagles had the better roster, but the Chiefs were going to win because they had the better one guy. Patrick Mahomes was such the great equalizer that he would overcome the Eagles. I was saying all these things all week, and I'm not telling this to pat myself on the back. I'm telling you this because he exceeded even my comments. He exceeded even my expectations of what greatness looks like. The Chiefs aren't having a parade Wednesday without Patrick Mahomes. There are other players, and we can take time to... Applaud Kadarius Tony, a trade that I looked wrong about. We can take time to applaud Sky Moore, who seemed to grow up basically in two playoff games. We can applaud a lot of players. Nick Bolton. There's a lot of people that deserve accolades. But at the end of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl because they have the single greatest quarterback in the NFL, probably on the planet. And a guy who is undoubtedly one of the top five, if not top three quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. And this is why I say don't take it for granted. Greatness, when you're in the midst of it, when you're in the muck and you're mired in it, you don't, sometimes don't recognize it. Can't see the season is over. Take a step back. Enjoy what you just saw. 
because it is not the norm. There are 31 towns in the country right now that are just in awe of Patrick Mahomes. He's special. He's different. The Chiefs were down by multiple scores again in a Super Bowl. It's their favorite thing other than winning them. They were down by multiple scores. He gets hurt. He rolls that ankle. Now, do I think the extent of the injury might be a little overplayed? Perhaps. Do I think it's, oh, man, his flu game? No. Do I think it's Willis Reed? Uh Uh-uh. I think he just rolled an already rolled ankle, but I think he was about to have 45 minutes of basically real time to get taped up. I digress. He's down 10. He's hurt. He comes back in the second half, and they, being the number one defense in the NFL, being the pass rush king, being a team that historically sack numbers-wise, markers-wise, looks like the 85 Bears against an O-line that I was hard on, Chiefs fans were hard on, and many in football said, I don't know about that O-line all year. Do you know what he did? He never got stopped. Touchdown, 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 field goal. And let's be honest, it should have been another touchdown. The only reason it's not another touchdown is Jarrett McKinnon with the IQ of a million slides down to one, saves the Chiefs from clock. They get to kick a field goal and win. Just take a moment to sit back and be in awe of how special this guy is because he truly does things that no one else in football can do physically. And he is dominating the sport like a Brady, like a Manning, like a Montana. And he's 27. I mean, the chiefs went up by the chiefs. Not only were down by 10, they at one point led by eight. 926 to go in the game. Third down, goal to go at the four-yard line of Philadelphia. Ball will be snapped in the center of the field with McKinnon, the running back. A fast left side, wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route, and Kansas City has a chance now to get up by eight points. What he did is special. And I feel like I just need to echo what I said last week. I just need to be louder about it. He's special. Don't take him for granted. Understand the greatness. You are always in a game. You can always be equalized. No matter how much better their roster is, no matter how much better you think their depth of talent is, no matter what, he can always overcome it. Always. The only time he couldn't was when the health of his offensive line was at such a low that he was running for his life for 60 minutes. But even then, Chiefs fans like myself will tell you, hey, you know, there are a lot of drop passes in that game. And as much as his old line was patchwork and makeshift, I don't think his team helped him out in any way that day. And if you remember, they were kind of in the game late in the second quarter. Patrick Mahomes' greatness overcomes most everything. And I texted friends. I texted family. Soak it in. 15 special. 15 is different. And I said all week he was those things. And then he went out there and exceeded even my wildest of expectations for how he plays. Unfortunately, that is not the lead. If I was doing the show in San Jose, if I was in Detroit today, if I was hosting a show in Fort Lauderdale, do not ask me why I picked those three random cities, but I did. The lead today on those shows, the lead today if I was hosting in those cities, has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes' greatness, and it stinks. There are people that woke up across this fine land on Monday morning 
and on Tuesday morning, and their biggest takeaway from the NFL was, hey, the officiating was bad, and that's why the Chiefs won. And it's infuriating. It's infuriating as a Chiefs fan. I understand why, because the Eagles had ample chances to stop the Chiefs before that holding call. They didn't do it. We don't talk about the other 59 minutes and 30 seconds of football that were played. We just talk about the one little snippet. It's infuriating because... Chiefs fans are the only fans in the world that get to be the victors. So any complaints about the officials sound super duper like the March of the Losers, which, by the way, complain about the refs, is the epitome of the March of the Losers. It's the soundtrack of second place. It's a third alliteration I didn't think of on the fly. It is what losers do. But everyone in the country is talking about the officiating. Today on The Drive, we talked about the officiating. Mike Pereira, who was the lead analyst for Fox, he was in Phoenix. He was sitting in the booth with Burkhardt and Olsen, who, by the way, did a fantastic job. He was in the booth. He came on, not this radio program, pardon me, the previous radio program at 2.15, catch on the podcast page. And he was asked, hey, do you think the game should be called different the last few minutes than they are in the beginning of the game? He said no, and he said the call was right. Did I ever say to the officials, Make it big inside of two morning, minutes. I said, make it consistent. Be consistent all game long. Officiate this game the way you would officiate week one in the regular season. And um, so I think it's a myth. Um, I understand human emotion, and I also understand how officials don't want to be um, a part of the outcome of the game and be the news. But if they don't call that, and then the Chiefs then throw the uproar, look at this play, clear grab of the jersey. Um, was it one that should have been called, should not have been called? It had been the Chiefs that would have been upset. So, um, I, listen, I think Bradbury's a stand-up guy to admit that he did hold them. And I, I just think that maybe sometimes, and, and I will have to say that the official that called it was the least experienced on the crew Hadn't had a championship game, had wild card and division games, but he stepped up and had the courage to throw what he saw. Why are we talking about this? We're talking about this for one simple reason. We have to. The national media won't talk about it, and I'm not going to play the national media hates this card. This is, it's just everywhere. But real quick, I'm going to play this, and this is not earth-shattering new news to anyone who is in Kansas City or follows the NFL, or is a football fan at large. James Bradbury was asked about the hold. Here's what he said. I mean, I pulled the jersey, you know. They called holding. I was hoping they would let it rock, you know, but it wasn't holding. I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. This is a big game, um, and it was, it was a hold, so they called it. He said it himself. I can play Nick Sirianni. I can play cut after cut after cut for you guys of how it's a hold. I can play Juju saying he got held. I can do this all night, but I'm not. Because I'm not going to entertain the March of the Losers. However, however, there is one note, one nugget, one hope, one morsel or glimmer of hope I have about this conversation the people are having about the officiating. Is that I hope it shines a light on the biggest problem the NFL had this year. The officiating stunk. Not just in the Super Bowl, not just in the AFC title game, not just whatever. They were bad, 
pillar to post, start to finish, all NFL season long. The officiating was bad. And I'm hoping against hope, knowing I'll be wrong, but whatever. Hoping against hope that maybe in the biggest game, a questionable call. I hate using that term. I don't believe it's a questionable call. I believe it's an obvious foul, but I digress. I hope that maybe Roger Goodell, somewhere in New York, on high, hears these complaints from people all across the country, hears these frustrations from people all across the country, and decides to make changes to the officiating. Because before the Super Bowl, you'll remember what the status quo was. Uh, I think for us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any play. Take that out or extrapolate that. That's hundreds, if not millions, of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Are there mistakes in the context of that? Yes. They are not perfect, and officiating never will. But we've also had... Obviously, replay and other aspects that help us address those issues to make sure they're not uh, something that uh, we can't correct on the field. Communications between our office, that is not the case the, in the championship game. That, that was stopped appropriately because the clock was running by an official on the field. That happens frequently in our game. That's not an unusual thing to have that happen. So, again, we want to go back and look at the facts. We may not disagree, we may not agree with every TV announcer or every officiating expert, but we think our officials are doing a great job, but we're always going to look through our competition committee and everything else we have, how we improve our officiating, but it will never be perfect. In addition, I think we all have to realize through the quality of what we see on our broadcast, you've never been able to see the kinds of things that you can see today. And you see it in super slow-mo. You see it where you can actually stop it. Sometimes that distorts a call potentially. But the reality is our officials are held to an incredibly high standard. And I think they meet it. Well, he's wrong. The officiating was not good all season. And while I don't think it affected the outcome of the Super Bowl, I do think it is of note that the NFL, yet again, at the highest level in the biggest moments, is having its officials questioned. And I'm hoping, not going to happen, but I can hope. That's what hope is. Like the Brits say, oh, the hope to kill you. I hope that maybe Goodell and co. are saying, okay, we might have an officiating problem. It's not the individual call, which was right. But it's the fact that after our biggest game, the media in Tulsa, the media in Little Rock, and the media, I should probably pick an NFL city, in Los Angeles, the NFL in Miami, the NFL in Charlotte, that's better, should be talking about the game, which was sensational between two great quarterbacks, two great teams, but no, the lead almost everywhere in the country is officials. Great job, Raj. Hopefully that conversation leads to big changes, but again, worth noting, that call did not affect the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. If someone tells you that, tell them they're wrong.
I am Rob Britton filling in for Dusty Likens. Dusty back, I believe, tomorrow with After Hours and Arrowhead Pride Radio for one final time this football season. Taking you up until 7 o'clock at 7, the Cats take the air. Pre-game show between K-State and Oklahoma. Big one. Oklahoma coming off a big loss to a far superior opponent. They just This weekend, Oklahoma ran into a buzzsaw, which is probably the greatest team in college basketball. And then K-State coming off a bad loss in Lubbock trying to get right. That's coming up next. Coming up after this, after the break. I feel like I have to talk about it. Talking about Twitter on the air is probably a cardinal sin of radio, but 6.15 on a Tuesday on Valentine's Day. No one's listening. I'll break that cardinal rule because there is a war of words from the Eagles and Chiefs happening on the old Twitter sphere. That's next. This is After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to After Hours. I am Rob Brenton filling in for Dusty Likens, taking you up till 7 o'clock. Where K-State pregame then takes the air. Cats and Sooners tonight, I believe that is in Norman. Don't quote me on that. Cats and Sooners the other night, 7 o'clock pregame here on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty back tomorrow. With Arrowhead Pride for one final go-round in the 2022-2023 season. And after hours with him. Like I said, I am Rob Britton filling in for Dusty Likens. You can catch me every weekday, 2 to 6, right here on 610 Sports Radio. I produce The Drive. And soon to return, the Nutmeg Podcast. As soccer season is right around the corner, I promise we won't talk about it now. Because we just had one of the biggest football seasons in Chiefs history 48 hours ago, so this show is going to be pretty Chief-centric tonight for the next 38 minutes. But don't worry. Soccer is soon back in Kansas City. Can- soccer is soon back in Kansas City, comma, Kansas City. Boy, that was bad. Doesn't matter. Soccer is soon back. You can catch the Nutmeg Podcast as part of the 435 Podcast Network on 610 Sports. Real quick, I just looked over and saw this. If you are a Missouri fan and you are for some reason tuned in and out tuned into your own team, thank you but I would understand why is early going Mizzou is getting just beat down, down by double digits early at Auburn, Auburn taking out a little frustration after they uh, lost over the weekend to Alabama Mizzou who had a huge win over the weekend against Tennessee, made a little, made a little weekday hangover effect as they are getting currently walloped by Auburn. A lot of time left in that one though. All right, so I said before the break, I wanted to talk about how suddenly the Chiefs and Eagles were on Twitter talking spicy, talking talking heat, talking anger, which was hilarious because there was no war of words leading into the game. I get if the Bengals and Chiefs were talking spicy. Those two teams clearly don't like each other. But Chiefs and Eagles, it seemed to be a respectapalooza. The Kelsey brothers are obviously brothers and good friends. Reed has a connection with Philadelphia beyond just having coached there. There are players on the team he drafted. It seemed like everyone respected everyone. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are friends. Everyone was ELE, like they say in semi-pro. Everybody love everybody, but that is not what we're getting on Twitter today. So for those of you who are on social media, who are on Twitter, there is this meme going around where it's like, you know, photos of you know sports things uh, KU had one you know, they have a player called Luke Grimm it's like I'd be grim without you a little photo of him ha 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 fun whatever every team in the world doing it the NFL put not the NFL people put some out there 
with NFL players, and one of them said, I'll hold you when it matters most, and it's a photo of James Bradbury. Very funny. Good Twitter work. Chiefs fans were circling it around. Eagles fans were angry. Fun was had by all. The fun stopped being had by all when Juju Smith-Schuster took that photo and tweeted, Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Now, I understand why Juju Smith-Schuster tweeting something versus a fan is totally different, but it did not make one A.J. Brown happy. A.J. Brown headed to Twitter when he saw this and said, First off, congratulations. Sidebar. You know an insult's coming. If someone says, first off, congrats, or first off, something nice, they are about to sandwich an insult around what was just said. No one says, first of all, I love you, and you're the best, thanks. When they say first off, when they use the term first off, you know you're about to get insulted. So AJ Brown, first off, congratulations. Woof. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year contract, TikTok boy. Woo! Two insults in that one. First off, calling him TikTok boy is a big-time slap in the face, one that I, in the offseason, called him, but retracted because he played good football for the team. But in Pittsburgh, he was TikTok boy. Kansas City, not a thing. TikTok boy is a big insult. But... The resurrected your career comment. Was I unaware of this? Was Juju about to be out of the league? Was Juju out? Was Juju going to leave town? Was Juju no moss? I, I was unaware of all that. I digress. AJ Brown continues. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. There it is. There's the sandwiched insult, compliment, big insult, compliment. But it wasn't just A.J. Brown. By the way, real quick, Judas Smith-Schuster did clap back, which is a term I'm far too old to say, but here we are. He clapped back at A.J. Brown on social media saying, glad you were finally able to get all that off your chest after all these years. Good game, bro, with the ring emoji. Good as the kids would say, or the youths would say, clap back. Good job, Juju. Should have been over. Spicy social media time should have been done for 2023. They should have all gone their separate ways. It's Valentine's Day. It's lovey-dovey time, but no. C.J. Gardner-Johnson decided he had to take the internet to get angry, too. Now, he didn't tweet at Juju. He didn't quote tweet Juju. He just tweeted at 401 today out of nowhere. Juju ran from me when I was check him in game. Then 10 got his smoke. Okay, now I'm far too old to understand this means, but he said Juju ran for me when I tried to check him in the game. That part I get. Then 10 got his smoke. Don't get that. But I get the first part. CJ Gardner Johnson took Twitter, accused Juju of running for him all day. Juju as of 22 minutes ago, wasn't done tweeting. He wasn't done, again, quote here, clapping back at people. Big cap, for those who don't know, reach out to Jay Binkley. Jay knows. Jay knows what big cap is. Basically a lie. I told you in the game to stop all that talking because we were going to come back and win the game. Now help me decide which finger I need to get my 
Ring size four. Spicy. Spicy, spicy, spicy. I'm stunned it got spicy. I'm stunned it got a little heated because for two weeks, not just a week, we get two weeks Super Bowl prep. The NFL gives us all the time in the world to talk Super Bowl. For two weeks, it was a respect-a-palooza, which I have no problem with. And really, it's par for the course of the Chiefs. The Chiefs rarely disrespect an opponent. When we think about it, there are like a few times that stand out, and they're rare. But it was a respect-a-thon. And now on Twitter, everyone's angry. Everyone's tweeting at each other. Everyone's saying big cap. No one's happy. Even Patrick Mahomes, who is very rare to join these little skirmishes, I guess, on social media, tweeted out, that man must just be bored. A game that had no juice as far as disrespect, no energy of things of that nature, suddenly got very, very spicy on social media today. AJ Brown called Juju Smith-Schuster little TikTok boy, and he did what every high schooler has ever learned to do when they're getting insulted, and you're lo- and you won. Say scoreboard. That's what Juju did. Juju did the adult version of scoreboard. Tomorrow's parade is going to be super fun now. Tomorrow's parade is going to add an extra element of interest. KC fans can now bring signs, bring everything, clap back. Like I said, I am Rob Brenton. This is After Hours, flinging in for Dusty Likens. Another half hour before I get out of here, give you K-State pregame, getting you ready for Oklahoma and Kansas State. Speaking of college basketball, a quick score update. Nearing the under-eight media timeout down in Auburn, Alabama, Missouri is down 30-8. to So I hope you did not bet on the Tigers. And uh, if you are a Tiger fan... I understand why you switch stations because that's a bloodbath. Coming up on the other side, Andy Reid addresses all the speculation, all the rumors, all the hearsay, all the innuendo about his retirement. Plus, Brett Veach said some stuff about his retirement or potential retirement, not really retirement, all that rumor mill on the Pat McAfee show. Plus, I'll keep it tight. I'll keep it quick. I'll be fast with it. We got to talk about Eric Bieniemy. That's next after hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to the After Hours. Almost to the drive. Not the drive. Welcome back to After Hours. I am Rob Brenton. You can catch me on the drive 2 to 6 every weekday. Produced for Carrington Harrison. Filling in for Dusty Likens. Thank you up until 7 o'clock where K-State pregame gets you ready for Sooners and Cats tonight. Big one for the Cats after a bad loss this weekend. Need to bounce back and beat Oklahoma. I was talking before the break, excuse me, about the Gardner-Johnson tweet, and he said, 10 caught that smoke. I didn't know what that meant. Text line, thank you. You're probably younger than me, or keep up with the youths better than I do. They said, 10 got that smoke, meaning that... Chauncey Gardner-Johnson hit Pacheco, number 10, twice. And if that hit had come, Juju would have been feeling it. That hit was intended for Juju. Thank you for your help. I had totally forgot that hit he put on Pacheco. Thank you, text line. Jay Southland Toser's text line, that is. Thank you very much for your help. All right. 
The biggest news story leading into the Super Bowl, other than the actual game points, was if you'll recall, Jay Glazer on the pregame show said Andy Reid considering retirement. He hasn't ruled it out. He's, you know, weighing all his options, whatever the verbiage Jay used was. Which got 48 hours of speculation of, oh, I wonder what's next for Andy Reid. People talking about his age, da 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 da, the whole deal. I never thought Andy Reid was going to retire. I thought going into the game, there's no chance we're going to retire. Andy Reid is a freak about football. He found the fountain of youth in Patrick Mahomes. He finally has his quarterback. He doesn't lose in championship games anymore. And if he does, it's because it's close. It's not anything to do with his, you know, quarterback. He would lose to the Jake DeLomes of the world. He would lose to the Marcus Mariotas of the world. He would lose to the Ben Roethlisberger of the world. Those days are dead and gone. He has Mahomes. So I didn't think he was retiring. Glazer's report somewhat confused me. He was asked about it after the game, and I thought he did a fine job dispelling it. But for some reason, after this comment, people still thought he might retire. Well, I, I, listen, Adam, if they'll have me, I'll stick around. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can hear people in the background. Mahomes, I believe that is. Yes, yes, yeah, they want him. Never any thought, never any belief that he was going to go elsewhere. I never thought that for one minute. But for some reason, a lot of people did. It was gaining national recognition. It was swirling out of control. So today on the Pat McAfee Show, Brett Veach said this about all the speculation, all the rumors, all the hearsay, all the whatever about Coach Reed possibly retiring. Yeah, I think that was total speculation. Um, I mean, I'd like to think that other, other than his wife, Tammy, I don't think anybody talks to Coach and knows Coach as well as I do, and, and um, that has never come up. Um, so I'd be shocked if... You know, he takes time away and comes up with a decision that is something other than co- coaching football. I think uh, I think he's really he's enjoyed the players and the coaches and the process his entire life. And he'd be the first one to tell you that he's extremely, you know, blessed. But I just he's got so much to still offer, I think. And, and, and the way this is set up now for him, I think, is really good where, you know, we've been together so long um, and these seasons are so long and they're so draining. But. For him now to kind of be able to have that time to decompress um, and to go spend time with his family, uh, recharge the batteries, uh, start working on some some new concepts and ideas, and, and let me and my staff go to work. So I never thought he was going to retire. I personally never believed it. I never thought there was any thought to it. I never I never believed for one second he was going to retire, but, you know, the the comments by... Jay Glazer got people thinking. Andy Reid dispelled it. And Brett Veach dispelled it there. Andy Reid has come back to Kansas City. I imagine he's going to get a healthy raise. The Chiefs don't disclose how much their coaches are paid, and there's no salary cap for it, but we know Sean Payne's going to make anywhere between 15 to 18. I imagine two-time Super Bowl champion Andy Reid and four-billion-time winner of the AFC West and man who owns Denver hasn't lost in the Mahomes era to the Broncos. Probably is going to start the negotiation at 15 to 18. Clark Hunt. I imagine will appease him. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Andy Reid has this job as long as he wants him. I know pro football is different than college sports, but with K-State basketball here in about 19 minutes, I'll make this analogy. KU gave Bill Self basically a rolling one-year contract. and said, hey, whenever, lifetime. You're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Everyone's happy. I assume Clark Hunt will sit down with Andy Reid, and they'll say the same thing. Hey, you happy, I'm happy, lifetime contract. As long as you want to coach football, you're doing it in Kansas City. And I think Andy Reid wants to coach football for a long time because as I said before I played that cut, 
He found the fountain of youth. He found the magic elixir. He found the great equalizer. He found his Brady. He found it in Patrick Mahomes. So we can officially put these rumors, this speculation to bed. I never put anything into it, but tomorrow he'll be on a parade, not a float. I don't know if it's a float. He'll be on a car, maybe a bus. I don't know what mode of transportation he will have tomorrow, but he will be there celebrating with you guys at the parade with the Lombardi trophy in hand. And I imagine he'll get asked by Mitch up on stage. Hey, what's next? And he's going to say, I'm not going anywhere for a while. And there'll be a big roar at union station. That's what I imagine will happen. But none of that's earth shattering news. I don't think Patrick, excuse me, not Patrick Mahomes. I don't think Andy Reeves ever going anywhere. Okay. I'm going to break in two minutes. And I'm going to talk about Eric being me for two minutes because while it's an important topic and why it's where it's one that I think we should talk about, I feel like this topic, for all the wrong reasons, is becoming Groundhog Day in Kansas City. If you want my thoughts on why he should be a head coach, on why it's unfair he's not a head coach, on why coaches who are higher than him have a worse resume, whatever you're looking for, I'm sure you can find it. I've had this conversation for four straight seasons. Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach. Eric Bieniemy shouldn't have to jump through hoops to be a head coach. Eric Bieniemy shouldn't be 0 for 17 when it comes to head coach interviews. He is more qualified than Joe Judge. He was more qualified than Matt Patricia. He was more qualified than what's his face, Crazy Eyes with the Jets, who I've already Adam Gase. I already forgot that he got hired and fired. Happened so fast. He should be a head coach in the league. Andy Reid passionately asked the owners last year in a private meeting, "Why is he not?" Andy, I have cut after cut after cut. Andy Reid supports Eric Bieniemy. Travis Kelsey loves Eric Bieniemy. Patrick Mahomes, who comes from the drive, says, "Man, I love Eric Bieniemy. That guy is a great. Will be a great head coach one day." So I'm not going to rehash that he should be a head coach thing. I'm not going to rehash the it could be race related because Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy didn't have to jump through hoops. I'm not doing any of that. I've done it. It's Groundhog Day. You know my stance. This keeps happening. But I do want to talk about Eric Bieniemy in this capacity. Because as much as I think I just said is true, he should be a head coach in this league. He didn't have to do all this to become a head coach in the league. The harsh reality is he's not a head coach in the league. And he clearly wants to be. You don't interview for 17 jobs if you don't want the job. You don't go through all those hoops at the end and say, eh, you know what, I'm good. So the harsh reality is, the nightmare situation for him is, I think he needs to leave Kansas City to go prove himself. And I hate that for him. I hate that we have to talk about that. I hate that that's a thing. I hate that people have been saying that are like, see, this was smart by the enemy. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Matt Nagy didn't have to do it. Doug Peterson didn't have to do it. Joe Judge didn't have to do it. No one had to do it. Doesn't matter. Harsh reality is I think he has to do it. The only OC job that I'm aware of that's still left, other than the ones just got filled today, which Indianapolis, don't go there. It's a clown show. And Arizona, don't go there. Kyler Murray. Also, I'd imagine he didn't take either of those jobs because he interviewed for the head coaching job in both those spots and didn't get it. So basically the only OC spot available for him to go through these stupid hoops the league is making him jump through to become a head coach is Washington. And while I continue to reiterate he shouldn't have to do this, I hope he takes the Washington job. I hope he gets offered the Washington job. I hope he is the commander's offense coordinator next season. It will make the Chiefs objectively worse, albeit marginally probably, because Mahomes is the great equalizer, and Andy Reid is still awesome. 
the Chiefs will get worse because the continuity of the staff has been great. But I hope he goes there. I hope that Heineke, Howell, or whoever his quarterback is out there has a good season and they're able to go back to the playoffs with the commanders and all this talk, all this nonsense, all this noise surrounding Eric Bieniemy goes away and people can start to talk about the issue as opposed to creating hypotheticals as to why he doesn't have a head coaching job. It sucks he has to go to Washington, but I hope he gets the Washington OC job because I think that's the only path left for him to be a head coach as every position is currently filled, and yet again, he didn't get it. But I promised three minutes. That was three minutes. I could have done 30. I could have re-racked from last year. Why he doesn't get a head coaching job? It might be race-related. But I'm not going to do that because we keep having the same conversation and it's tired and I'm tired of having it and it sucks for him. And it sucks. He has to jump through these hoops. It sucks. He has to leave Kansas city to go prove himself as I air quote, but I hope he gets the commander's OC job. I hope the commander's offense is great. And I hope he's a head coach at this time next season. All right. Coming back on the other side, this is after hours. I'm Rob Brenton filling in for dusty Likens. coming back on the other side. We'll put a bow on this thing and we'll talk about the holiday. Yes, it is Valentine's day. Is it sour grapes to say, Hey man, Valentine's Day isn't a real holiday, or are you just a hater if you say that? We'll talk about it next. This is After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to After Hours. I am Rob Brenton filling in for Dusty Likens. About 10 minutes left in the show before K-State basketball pregame gets ready for Cats and Sooners from Norman, Oklahoma. Sooners coming off a embarrassing loss, humiliating. They were just throttled by a clearly superior opponent. Just never in the game. Just one of the truly dominant efforts I think you'll ever see. Just greatness was their opponent on Saturday. That was Kansas, for those who don't know. They try to bounce back against the Cats, who the Cats did have a really bad loss weekend. On the road, in Lubbock. It looks a little better now that... Texas Tech has beaten Texas, but that was a bad loss for the Cats. I definitely bet on it. Definitely lost. Good job, Tang. Killed me. I thought it was free money. It was the opposite of free money. It was the inverse of free money. It was no money. So Cats and Sooners here in about eh, 10 minutes. Wyatt and the boys get ready for K-State in Oklahoma, which tips at 8. For those of you who are not Big 12 basketball fans, not KUK State, but are probably Mizzou fans in town, I don't know why you're listening to me. Your team is on the air right now on a different station. But on that different station, that Missouri team is getting walloped. A little score update. Nearing the end of the first half, Auburn up by 27. Tigers did not build on that win over the week against Tennessee, but I digress. An incredible win for them nonetheless. Good for Missouri. I don't think they'll make it two in a row as they look like they are about to lose to Auburn. Albeit, so a whole half of basketball to play, but they haven't broken the 20-point mark, and they're down by 25. So you can do the math. There's that. All right, so as I said, about five, six minutes left in the show. Today is a holiday. It is Valentine's Day. Now, I imagine Sports Talk listeners are a male-dominated group. I've... Seen the ratings. The drive does very well with women. It's probably my boyish charm. But outside of that, sports talk radio generally is more male-centric. So when I say it's a holiday, I imagine a lot of men listening cringe. They 
shiver runs up their spine and they say things like, it's not a holiday, Rob. It's a made up holiday. It's a Hallmark holiday, blah, 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 blah. And I'm part of the problem. Basically, my adult life, so from college to recently, I was saying all the same things. See, it's stupid. They're, the industry complex is going to spend money. See, it's just the downtime, blah, blah, blah. I was part of the problem. And now while I think it's not the most important holiday on earth and one that shouldn't stop your in your tracks with buying extravagant, lavish gifts and taking da 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 I realize now I was just a hater before. And if you are the kind of person who's listening and saying, Rob, it's not a holiday, you idiot, stop talking about it. You're just a hater. We can disagree. We can argue about the enormity of the holiday. I would say it's just one where if you do a little something for your wife, your significant other, your fiance, whatever have you, they'll be happy. I'm not saying you have to go above and beyond. I'm not saying Capitol Grill should have a two-hour wait right now. No. If you want to do it Saturday, whatever. I'm just saying if you are screaming at your radio right now, hey, this is a sports station. Why are you talking about that fake holiday? You're a hater. And I will admit, in college and most of my adult life, I was a hater. 100% a hater. That's why. Siri agrees I was a hater. That's why. If you're yelling right now, you're just sour grapes, you're just angry, and it's okay to be lonely. It's okay to be not with someone, but don't lash out at Valentine's Day just because you're not with someone today. It doesn't make the holiday stupid. It doesn't make the holiday illegitimate. It just, it means the holiday wasn't for you. Thank you guys for listening to After Hours while I fill in for Dusty Likens. couple quick texts on the Jay Southland Tozer's text line. You call your mom with your happy birthday? I didn't call her. I texted her. May stun you about my job. Can't really slink out and make a quick phone call for the last five hours. Five plus. I didn't have to prep the show. But I did text her. Someone else says I'm a jerk. We're all Chiefs fans. No need to trash on Mizzou. I'm not trashing on Mizzou. They had a great win this weekend. Huge win over Tennessee. Buzzer beater is awesome. I, I was very happy for the Tigers. I'm just pointing out the score of their current game is less good. But again, thank you for listening. I've been Rob Brenton filling in for Dusty Likens. Dusty back tomorrow with both After Hours and Arrowhead Pride. Enjoy the parade tomorrow, Kansas City. Soak it up. This is your second one. Make it better than the first. I'm Rob Brenton. I'll catch you tomorrow, 2 o'clock on The Drive. This has been After Hours.